0: Hello and welcome back to Practicing Human, the podcast where every day we're getting a little better at life. I'm your host, Corey Mascara, and before we go into today's episode, I'd like to apologize for the audio. My usual microphone is broken at the moment, and I am on the road, so do not have a backup, which means I am recording right into the computer. And the alternative was to not do an episode, so I hope you can bear with uh, less than optimal audio, because in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the four F's, and more to come on, what that means in a moment, and why that is important in your life. First, let's settle in together with the sound of the bells. So, the four Fs. Together, these create our internal defense system that we have in service of keeping us safe. Most of us are familiar with the first three, fight, flight, freeze, but there is a fourth that's lesser known, but equally, if not more, important. So, let's review what this can look like in a hypothetical situation that. You most likely won't be in any time soon. Imagine you are being chased by a lion. What would you do? There wouldn't be much thinking about it, actually. Your mind would press an inner turbo mode button called fight or flight, and in an instant, your heart would start beating fast, your pupils will dilate, your digestion will suppress, your blood will get pumped to larger muscles in your body, cortisol will be rushing through you, your whole system gets optimized, so you can either beat up the lion or run like heck. However, if in a moment of clarity, your mind assesses this scenario and goes, well, I've watched Animal Planet, or I subscribed to Nature is Metal on Instagram, and I know there's no way I'm going to fight this lion and come out alive. I also know that I haven't run since the fifth grade, so fleeing is not going to happen. If you assess this quickly, you have a backup strategy called freeze. Instead of pushing you into turbo mode, freeze does the opposite and then helps you play dead. Your body slows down, gets numb, and essentially appears lifeless. All of this in the hope that the lion goes, eh, I thought this thing was alive, now I don't want it anymore, and will walk away. And this can be a powerful defense strategy, and you might have even heard of stories where people encounter bears in the wild, and one of the things they do is just lie down on the ground, play dead, and it works. And we've seen other animals do this, especially opossums. This is a very common defense strategy of theirs. So these three strategies, fight, flight, and freeze, are designed to keep you safe. These are the three Fs that we're often most familiar with. But there's another one, as I mentioned. The fourth F, and this is to fawn. Now this is often used as a last resort, but thinking back to the scenario with the lion, you might assess that fighting isn't going to work, fleeing isn't going to work, freezing might not work, and so you actually try to befriend the lion. Maybe you smile, you act playful, maybe like a dog rolling on its back, wagging its tail. You literally do whatever you think the lion wants you to so that it likes you. Now, if we think about this realistically, most likely this isn't going to work in the case of a lion, or at least us as human beings in relationship to lions. There are stories where animals use the fawn technique with a larger predator, and then they end up playing together. I'm not sure if that would work for us in relationship to larger predators, but where we do see the fawn technique often show up is in relationship to other human beings, especially in relationship to parents while we are children. And this is the main reason why I wanted to make this episode and talk about the four F's. Not so that you have an understanding of the biological response in relationship to being uh, attacked by a lion, but so that you can understand how these responses might be showing up in your life and have been showing up in your life for a long time. So these defense mechanisms, even though they were put in place to keep us alive in response to animals and threatening situations, will also show up in relationship to other people and social groups if we feel unsafe. So let's take an example of being uh, like a 12 or 13-year-old child, teenager, in a, a social group at school. And someone in that group makes fun of you. Immediately there's a, a threat to your safety, your sense of belonging within the group. And this can trigger a number of different responses within the four Fs. We could see potentially how it could trigger a, a flight response, wanting to leave the situation and just get as far away from it as possible and go somewhere where we do feel safe with people we do like. We could see it maybe creating a fight response where we get angry and potentially even physical with this person. We might also see it creating a freeze response where we just stop in our tracks. We feel completely embarrassed. We don't know what to say. We don't know where to go. And we sort of just go numb because it's too painful to experience and dissociate from our own bodies. Or I think we could also see how it could create a fawn response. And instead of creating a, a healthy assertiveness with this person, we laugh along with them. We pretend that we like them. We try to make them feel like they're the best, all in hopes that this person will be nicer to us and like us, which, again, is rooted in a sense of safety. We're always trying to get back to a sense of safety. Now, personally, I've seen myself respond in all four of these ways. I've seen situations where I've wanted to flee, where I've wanted to fight, where I've felt frozen, and where I've fawned. And I see these patterns still come up in my life. The interesting thing about these responses, the four Fs, is that we often develop a particular strategy, or multiple, usually one in particular within childhood that was used to keep us safe, but that carries along with us into adulthood. So a toddler may learn that anytime they get angry about their parent not treating them well that that just creates more harm and more pain, and their parent treats them worse. Then they might default to perhaps a fawn response, and they try to be of service to the parent. They, they try to get in their good graces. They want the parent to, to like them, and so they become their assistant doing anything that they want and never establish any good boundaries or an ability to express assertiveness or, uh, or one's needs. And then this can carry into relationships in life. When not being treated poorly by a partner or a co-worker, instead of stating those boundaries and those needs and that assertiveness, we might default to that fawn response and we try to get in that person's good graces. We do more things for them. We try to make them like us. Again, a very natural and understandable response and can be skillful in certain situations that are threatening. But as it relates to our day-to-day life and our own needs, our own boundaries, and having a healthy integration of self, I think we can see and maybe we've even experienced uh, where this can go wrong. And the Fawn response is most connected to codependent relationships. It was first coined by a therapist named Pete Walker. So if you want to learn more about it, you can look that up. I'll put a link to one of his articles, blog posts, in the show notes. But the key thing here is that these four Fs are strategies that can be used skillfully to help get us out of threatening situations, and they can also be learned behavioral patterns that show up in the slightest moments of discomfort or feeling of unsafety and might not be serving us anymore like they once were. So my suggestion for now is just to bring awareness to these responses, to these four F's, and get familiar with what is your particular response. And maybe it, they, they vary based on different contexts. Maybe in your more intimate relationships, you notice a fight response. Maybe with your parents, you notice a fawn response. Or maybe you just know you have a freeze response and anything that feels unsafe. The first step with any behavior change is awareness. And if you can develop the capacity to see this more clearly in your life, that's a really big first step for inhabiting that space between stimulus and response, and then being able to practice a different response. Sometimes it can be a little bit more complicated and deep than that. These responses are often associated with trauma, Uh, Trauma typically occurs when uh, an attack or abandonment triggers one of these responses so intensely that the person can't turn it off even once the threat is over. So uh, if that is the case, always working with a therapist is a, a really helpful way to work through these. So I hope this was illuminating and gives you something to think about. Bring it into your awareness today as much as you can and throughout the week and notice what patterns might be showing up for you. Thank you for your practice. I'll talk to you soon. Hopefully we'll have better audio, but there might be a few more episodes like this. Uh, We'll try and keep the content good to make up for it. I'll talk to you soon, and take care.